This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Beats, Mother Nature's oldest prank on humankind. Straight from the ground, to your table, to your stool. Nothing makes you relive the past 24 to 48 hours quite like Beats. Introducing unsuspecting millions to the existential dread of internal bleeding since time immemorial. Buy Beats today at your local grocer. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who's always cool. (laughs) (laughs) New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. Boy, you kind of broke into a, you kind of broke into like a monster truck uh, (laughs) uh, uh, announcer kind of guy. Yeah. (laughs) What are we doing today? Well, we are talking about Paranormal Activity 2. Yay! Finally! Another another entry into the Paranormal Activity franchise. Going way out of order. Um, A smarter thing would have been to start at one. But nah, whatever. Nah. If you're going, if you're watching the movies, it almost doesn't make a difference which one you <laughs> you watch. It. Right. I mean, you could logically start at three. Right. Yeah. Even this one is. Cr- no, I guess this one isn't chronologically the first. No. Three is the f- three is first chronologi- chronologically. Yeah. Second, and then one and next. two right together, basically. Right. Yeah. Pause two. Yeah. At a certain point and watch one, and then come back to two. Right. Okay. Also, the marked ones is is in. On the end of one. Oh, good lord. <laughs> so they're all kind of happening simultaneously. <laughs> okay, so how the episode usually works is we go over the movie and we give it a brief review and our score. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a miserable dredge where you're angry that you sat, sat through it and you can't even have fun making fun of it. 5 is completely average, totally what you expected, and nothing more. And then 10 is so good that it transcends the genre and would be something that would, you know, should win awards. Should. Should. Might not, because Hereditary totally snubbed. Yeah. Top tier 10. Later, we'll be doing a bit called Kill Count. It's a game we play where I read off a couple movies and David has to guess which one has the higher death count in Uh, it. Yeah, Bryce is pretty brutal when it comes to making these games up so <laughs> see if you can do better than me i bet you can't but i do pretty poorly so you're gonna do very bad so we'll get that to later but first just want to give a couple plugs to our website first and foremost horrormovietalk.com that's where you'll find all our past episodes and we do blogging every once in a while actually recently our writer keith put out a blog post on Halloween 3, Season Season of of the the Witch, Witch. yeah, and it probably contains everything that you want to know about that movie, and more from a cultural perspective. It's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a a rundown about what, how slashers kind of got uh, fucked out, um, and how Season of the Witch was a, a, a chance to redeem the series from going down the road that it eventually went down, but but uh, right. it didn't end up happening. It was he pointed out that it was an opportunity to begin like a horror anthology right. series, 
Yes. A la American Horror Story. Yeah. To where, yeah, you don't have to have the same people, same family, and it can just be, you know, a new cast, a new type of story, same feel. Anyways, check out HorrorMovieTalk.com. And also, you'll find links on our website to our social media. We're very active on Facebook and Twitter in that we will respond to anyone that messages us. For sure. Uh, We post every Wednesday new episodes, so subscribe to us and leave a review. Also, if you want to support the podcast, one of the ways you can do that is to click through the Amazon Associates link on our website. It's the green button in the header up top right. And just means anything that you buy or rent, if you want to rent one of the movies that we talk about on the podcast, we'll get a little sliver of a cut from that. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will grow over time. And then finally, Shudder. If you don't know what Shudder is, it's the Netflix of horror. And it has a curated list of great horror movies and series and podcasts that you can watch and subscribe to. And for our listeners, we have a special promo card, special promo. If you sign up for Shudder and enter HMT at checkout, you'll get a 30-day free trial, which is better than their seven-day standard free trial. That's Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R. So thanks for listening, and let's get on to the show. We're here to talk about movies. Let's talk about movies. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about them. This is horror movie talk. Let's talk about horror movies. Let's talk about horror movies. So (laughs) (laughs) we rewatched Paranormal Activity 2, and it still holds up. Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, let's hear the trailer. Is your room, Hunter? Hey, Jackal. Who is that? It's your Aunt Katie. So weird. I totally thought we lost it. Somebody broke in and trashed the house. Christy thought it was a ghost. I know you guys are freaked out, okay? And I'm going to take care of you guys. No, he's not. That's a lie. What's your take on this whole ghost situation? I think it's awesome. This is the freakiest thing that happened to me last night. This is the door closing by itself. Paranormal Activity 2 rated R opens Thursday night, October 21st at midnight. Spooky sounds. Spooky sounds. Lots of screaming. Paranormal activity can be found wherever you rent or buy your movies. So, Amazon, you know, places, Voodoo, <laughs> Google, video, everything. Paranormal Activity 2 takes place before and briefly after the occurrences of Paranormal Activity. However, this time, the movie focuses on Christy Ray's, uh, played by Sprague Graydon. Uh, her family of four, Christy is the sister of Katie from the first film. A year after Christy gives birth to their son, Hunter, strange occurrences, activities even, start happening. And the Ray family eventually figures out 
that they are being tormented by a demon. Aw, shucks. Jesus Christ. Not a demon again. Paranormal Activity 2 uses the same found footage techniques found in the first film, but expands the scope of the story beyond the recent hauntings and delves a little more into Christy and Katie's past. And then in the following films, it, you know, kind of jumps the shark and goes way more into it. Yeah, it goes in in my opinion. All kinds of back in time. And then forward in time. Yeah. Paranormal Activity 2 takes everything that works from the first film and ever so slightly expands on it. It's not perfect, but it is highly effective. Whenever your marketing focuses almost exclusively on genuine audience reactions in the trailer, uh, you know you're doing something right. Um, Yeah, that's right. The the trailer for the first one and the second one were mostly just... um, they were just, just audience shots. Yeah, like they the, were just audience shots of people being scared in, in you know, it was night vision camera of the audience in a theater being freaked out. Yeah. Worked really well. Like, it got me, like, got my butt in that seat. Right. The movie expands on the lore of the Ray sisters in this movie, but never overextends like the later films. The mystery, dread, and dramatic irony are all there in the movie. And it somehow is just as mem- as memorable as the first. Maybe even a little more. Like for for me, the the visuals on this one, I I almost remember this one as the original. Yeah, because the pool. It's kind of weird when I was looking at the critical reception. One and three are considered the best, and two and four are just meh. But I I remember two. A lot. Yeah. And I don't remember that much from 3, and I know I've seen it. 1, 2, and 3 are all top tier, yeah. in my opinion. So you'll <laughs> you'll walk away wondering how the filmmakers created more tension with a static shot of a pool vacuum than most of the tension contained in most horror movies. <laughs> the subtle audio and visual cues are enough to carry you through to the end when they go full jump scare and finally have some payoff. I give it... I'm pretty partial to these movies. I like these movies a lot. I give it a 8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd go 8 out of 10 on this one as well. It's It's got such good bones. There's not a... This is not a, a complex movie. Um, it's not something that's got a lot of dialogue that's meaty. It's not got a lot of funny moments. It's just about building and releasing tension in a... Um, in a in a interesting way. I mean, it's undoubtedly a gimmick. Yeah, oh yeah. What what they're doing is definitely a gimmick. Not only the found footage, but how they're building tension within that framework is just a trick. Yeah, it is it is definitely a gimmick. It's definitely a trick and but that doesn't mean I don't love it. Oh, it's great. It's it feels it feel this one Maybe the most out of all, this one and three. So uh, Paranormal Activity 2 and 3 feel the most like you're watching an episode of Big Brother. It feels very, very voyeuristic. Yeah. More so even than the first because the first one had a lot of handicam, like where he was walking around with right. the camera. This one's almost all uh, – it's almost all – stationary cameras that are placed throughout their house and so it just feels like an episode of big brother that where you get to watch a demon move move things throughout the house <laughs> while while the while the um the the characters are, are unaware or very aware yeah i mean there's a reason why the gimmick works because people that 
like spooky stuff if you're watching i mean before ghost adventures before all these you know reality programs around ghost hunters like that was the stuff that you saw would be these obscure videos of paranormal investigators before that was ever a, a pop culture a thing. thing that people knew about outside of watching sightings right or some random unsolved mysteries episode but they'd have these you know shitty home videos of look scratches appear yeah and you're like ooh with sasquatch walk, walking through the forest <laughs> holy fuck yeah. like oh what is that a ufo flying through the air like it's so blurry yeah and so before <laughs> before camera phones this is what we had to go off of people yeah potentially uh very questionable video footage of weird shit that may or may not have actually happened but there yeah. wasn't enough backstory to know for right. sure there, not everyone had a camera with them and so in the very rare 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 occurrence that someone caught something that was unexplained all of a sudden it gives credence to it and now everyone has a phone and you know there's not a corresponding uptick on paranormal activity <laughs> caught on video so right. it's like oh, oh, it was oh all i guess I, I guess not it was right. interesting in, in like if we want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit further i was listening to <laughs> i was listening to joe rogan talk to a debunker uh this last week and i can't remember i can't remember the name of uh of the of the gentleman he had on but he's a very famous and debunker of 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 pop culture myths and and religious stuff and it's also... Not, is it the Randy whatever guy? Yeah. Is, I thought he was dead by now, but... I, I, I'm not sure. I, I can't recall his name. But the one thing that I remember very, very much from like the 90s and video footage was rods. Do you remember rods? Those, fl those things that would fly around yes. in the video? Yeah. In the video footage that people would take? And, and the only way you could see these things that were supposed to be alive and, and, and un unviewable by our human eyes was you had to have a you know some some specific speed high speed camera that mm -hmm. you could slow down the footage and then you would see these rods flying through the air really really fast zooming mm -hmm. around like but as it turned out uh actually one of those ghost shows uh -huh. de debunked or it was like a it was like a, a a debunking ghost show or something something like that they found that the the way they were produced th this was an artifact produced on cameras that had a certain shutter speed huh. and and so that you know but for a long time i was like man I, those rods man there's fucking rods flying around <laughs> <laughs> gotta be, watch out for those rods and, and that reminded there is, me of it there is an afterlife <laughs> there is an eternity you get to live your life as a rod <laughs> flying through space <laughs> oh boy oh boy well finally <clears throat> I thought it would be more than this. No, nope, just, just, <laughs> just rods. Okay, well, let's get into spoilers. All right, so let's just briefly go over the timeline of this movie. Cause <laughs> okay. It it happens before and briefly after. You really look to pin this down, huh? Pa Paranormal Activity One. Yeah. So it starts out a year before Paranormal Activity One. Okay. The family it just shows family videos of right before and after their son Hunter is born. Mm -hmm. 
generic look at the nursery hey we're moving in the baby here's the shots of the baby with relatives and you see that um katie's related is it katie christy and katie yeah yeah and and you get to meet their babysitter uh their living baby their nanny their nanny and the the daughter which is the father's daughter from a previous marriage right and david was all god damn look at those hot children damn it damn, <laughs> damn you damn you and damn you forever <laughs> there's he clipped that from an episode that hasn't been released yet i didn't just say that fyi mm. and <laughs> mm. Mm. there's context that's no being one left believes out. you there's no one co- believes you there's a bunch of context he said that right now right in the Right in the studio. I don't understand what he's trying to... He's just trying to backpedal. So two months after... No, sorry. And then then it skips forward to two months before the events of Paranormal Activity 1. And Hunter's now one years old, one year old, and the house gets ransacked randomly. And this was a great move. That's a good premise. On the the filmmaker's part. On the demon's part. (laughs) On the demon's part as well. Because... It gives the filmmakers, or it gives the family in the universe an excuse to get a security system. So right. they set up security cameras everywhere because their house got ransacked. And, you know, actually, for all we know, it could have actually got ransacked. And, well, the Except only thing, no, the only thing taken, the only thing that was taken was some necklace or something. Or maybe a photo or something like that. There was something that was taken that something was profoundly significant personal. between the two sisters. Yeah. And let me just let me just mention that that the video camera s- installer dudes yeah. there's one of them who definitely <laughs> definitely also does porn. Oh yeah, I was going I was going to look that up if that was 100%. I guess it wouldn't be an IMDb if he was. That dude that dude was the most porno looking guy I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, is he here to He's here to, to fuck her, right? <laughs> no, and he he's all. God damn! Look at those hot children. Fuck! <laughs> this is gonna be a rough episode. Uh, and then okay, and then paranormal. <laughs> then after that, paranormal activity happens for several days and nights, and then <laughs> spoiler, they transfer the curse over to Katie. And then three weeks later, three weeks later, Katie starts mentioning weird stuff happening, and then it skips forward to the events to the to after the events of Paranormal Activity One, and Katie comes over in the movie's ending, right? And you know, that's Katie things, fun okay. stuff. So that's the timeline. It it happens before and after the. I don't, I don't know. I had to clarify that it's not that it's not hard, that but. important, but uh, it's notable in that. I can't really think of any other. I can't really think of any other movies that have a franchise of. Let me see here: one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six. There's Paranormal Activity one through four. There's the Marked Ones and Ghost Dimension. Six movies, all of which happen in timelines that are so <laughs> tightly woven, right? As these are, and it's interesting how they do it. And there's a lot of uh, of simultaneous 
things happening in each movie to each other. So there's a culmination right. of events that's all kind of taking place both in the 80s and in right. today. It's not like in The Conjuring where it skips back a couple decades and says, this is the origin story for this. This is Paranormal Activity is the origin story for Paranormal Activity, except it happens like a week before. Right. Yeah, it's Instead all, of like decades or years before. And they're all mixed up together, yeah. all of them. Anywho, so first I wanted to talk about the sound, because that is my favorite part of these movies. I'm sorry I didn't have the, <laughs> my speakers on. I could still hear it in my head. Yeah. But the this, the way they use the sound design in these movies is genius, in that it creates a sense of dread automatically, and by the end of the movie, you're so trained. You're conditioned you're conditioned yeah. that it'll just show a black screen and then you're just like, I feel so fucking uneasy right now. Gives you that whoop, 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 yeah. deep bass whooping. Because it's just like... Wow, that's, that's a really good impression. That's the sound. You and get that just, with your mouth. Uh-huh. And it just... <clears throat> anytime it shows any kind of security cam footage and... Even if it if nothing happens visually on the screen, if you hear that sound, you're like, oh, so, some serious shit's about to go down. It's here. Yeah. It's here. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, and really that's what works so well. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The sound, the, the sound cue, the audio cue for the demon is really what pulls everything together. Um, in, in these, in all these paranormal movies, because it gives you, it, it, it it, it clues you in on how you should be feeling. Something is going to happen right now. Right. And furthermore, it provides a great a, a great method to 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 deliver jump scares because if the sound isn't there and then something happens right away, oh my god, I wasn't prepared for that. There was right. no sound to, to cue right. me in. Right. So it's, it's, the, it's brilliant. It's the audio equivalent to just saying, "Wait for it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's the other the I mean there's other great things that they do a sound. The first night where they have the security cameras up, it shows the pool and then the pool light goes off and instead of I mean we couldn't hear it. Maybe maybe the sound was there, but what happened was all the crickets and all the background sound That's of right. nature went out. That's right. When I the f- light went out. I forgot about that. And then it slowly came back. Towards the end of it. That's right. Just like real subtle moves like that at the end where I'm sure there's people that hate these movies because they think that's cheap or they just don't, they, they it. can't, they can't suspend their disbelief. But for me, I get drawn into it. And I, even if I'm not, even if I know what they're doing, even if I know that I'm being manipulated, oh, I yeah. still love it. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, that's such a, that's such a primordial uh, you're that plays on the lizard brain of every person, right? Because you're you're dialed in. You're you're always dialed into your surroundings. If you are out camping, and you know you're trying to go to sleep, and 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 you hear some crickets and stuff, and then everything goes fucking silent. <laughs> that's worrisome. That's a real fear. That's a fearful thing that you should be scared of yeah. because that's that denotes shit's going down. Yeah. Oops. If crickets are afraid, yeah, what chance then do you, you have? should be afraid? <laughs> Not that crickets. Wow, 
<laughs> I was impressed. I, I hear a cricket right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you could double that up on, if you could double that up and and brah, like brah. and then like pitch correct it so it was like cricket, cricket. With, oh man, do it! Uh, I dare you. You won't. No, I won't. Um, I mean, it uses all the tropes from the first movie, but I do think they they up the ante in this one in in a couple of ways. And they don't jump the shark. They don't overdo it. Right. You can hear my baby crying in the background. What a baby. (sighs) Such a baby. You're 18 months now. Grow up. 16. 16 months? (laughs) Damn. I, I don't know that just off the top of your head because your kids are so hot. <laughs> I know that because your wife told me when I walked in. God damn, look at those hot children. They're not hot. <laughs> I mean, it's not that they're not hot. It's just I don't think they're hot. I don't think any kids are hot. <laughs> uh, so up in the ante, there's a couple ways, subtle ways. They add a dog. They do. There's the dog, Abby the dog. Oh, man, the dog is such a, is the best addition to this yes. movie. Because, and what a good dog. That what a good pupper. Best actor in the movie, for sure. Yeah. It was, it was so, it's... That's Better than a, those hot fucking children. God damn. <laughs> uh, he, he was a, such a good boy, B.O.I., because he, that's an, he's just like the crickets. As soon as you see a dog start getting disturbed about something, the dog is your alarm. You... You go, oh, oh no, what's the dog worried about? It's got senses. And this yeah. dog senses all kinds of stuff. The second edition, the pool. Oh, the What is it about that pool? This pool it is the sticks most... with me. It's almost the most memorable thing in movie <laughs> history for me. The pool, there's something about the the the... They have this sequence of showing cameras, still shots from cameras. And in this one... They insert the pool view. And in the pool, there's the pool, there's a little pool monster. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a monster, but it's like a little machine that goes and wiggles around. Yeah, the like the, the vacuum. The yeah, a little pool vacuum. Vacuum robot. So it adds something, it adds some movement to the shot. And you know, the pool's like illuminated against otherwise dark night outside. Something about it sticks with me so perfectly. It's, right. And you're constantly. And then subtly. This is the other thing. It's, it's great. They don't show everything on camera, on camera, which is can be frustrating, but also super effective because oh, yeah. they cut between the pool and you know other places in the in the house, and nothing happens. But then the next day, when people are walking around, the dad sees the the pool vacuum is out of the pool. It's how'd like you, sitting right next to. How'd you get out? And then it goes a couple days or a couple times where. It just keeps getting out of the pool, and we never see it get out of the pool. Yeah, until until they, they check the video, until they show it, and when they do show it, it's it's so simple but so disturbing at the same <laughs> yeah. time. It's like that should not be able to happen. Just like whoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So imagine a pool vacuum climbing vertically the pool wall until it reaches the curb of the pool and then it just keeps on climbing mm-hmm. and then makes a 90 degree angle at the at, right once it reaches you know the uh the cement and then it uh, just keeps going for little ways and it's yeah. like oh that's not right yeah that pool skimmer ain't right that so the pool the other thing that they augment between movies there's more cameras I'm, i believe it felt like there was more cameras there was really only the one in the first one 
No, they had the living room and the kitchen, I think. Uh, you, and the oh, bedroom. Yes. Yeah. No, well, the bedroom one was, was his handicam that he would set up on a tripod. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, so they I, had more more cameras, more skepticism. That was a great thing about the first one where it was the guy was super excited about it. He's yeah. Like, awesome. Yeah. Yes. And then the girl, you know, Katie's like, just don't. You're going to make it worse. You Michael, know? you got to leave it alone. And he's just like, I got to know what it is. And she's like, no, you really don't. Um, so anyways, in this one, there's an actual skeptic that discounts what people are saying, which is, you know, a nice trope to, to add. And then there's more background story and more people in general. The family's bigger, and so there's lots of, you know, more fuckery to go around. Yeah. Yeah, the, the dad was a, a very good skeptic. Yeah. He And he and everything he said, like, you, you really couldn't refute it. So like the door closed on the girl as she was as she was babysitting her little brother and uh you know it was a violent door closure you know like it could be a wind and he's like well it's just the wind from the back of the house it blows through here all the time and she's like dad no and he's like how could it be anything else yeah it's a lot of the time it's very convenient skepticism yeah well and, and at times irrational skepticism but I mean it's a it's a horror movie. You need you need to use that stuff for dramatic irony and whatnot. But you know, w- yeah, one of the one of the things that if you're going to pick it apart, you'll ask like, "Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that doesn't make any sense." Is when she's locked out of the house, that's when the demon basically picks up the baby, oh. lets the baby wander around the house for, you know, like a half an hour and then puts the baby back right before the parents get into the house and if she's going back and reviewing the footage how would she not see that yeah or how would she not look at because she's not concerned about any of the other cameras but but you're right yeah you're yeah but oh man oh i hate it when i hate it when demons mess with babies it's one of my biggest (laughs) it's one of my top 10 pet peeves is like demons come on you know i wonder if that's one of the reason why the pool is so memorable because as parents pools are like terrifying oh because your baby might fall because in your it. baby might fall into it oh no that's not it <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not it for me that might be it for you what i mean how dark would that have been if the demon let out the baby and just let it wander into oh, the pool oh that oh man that's a total missed opportunity yeah that might have been too dark. Like, not actually let the baby fall in the pool, but definitely, like, stand at the edge of the pool at yeah. night and look yeah. into it. Oof. Yeah. Man. How Did we just come up with a better movie? <laughs> of I course. think so. That's what our job is. Um, the setup. So, we already talked about the house being ransacked. So, it's a great setup and a reason for not only adding... This was a good example of a movie... That used the tropes well, and it went through the effort of creating an excuse to videotape things this for is a found an, footage movie. This is another thing that Bryce loves, and he loves it more than you can really appreciate, <laughs> which is he needs a val- he needs a good excuse, not just a decent excuse. He needs like a a, a how would you say it? You need a realistic excuse to yeah. do something. Yeah, a reasonable. Excuse, because in in Ghost Dimension, they had just given up. They're like, I'm tired of trying to explain why 
you know, just everyone just puts videos up all the time. We found a Look, cool we found camcorder. A, we found a cool camcorder, so of course we're going to videotape everything. Everything all That's the time. That's what people do. There's goop flying around our house in this other dimension. Yeah, so this one, it all made sense. Like, yeah. the family videos look like family videos when they're making videos of the aftermath of being ransacked. It looked like insurance videos where they're just going to send this off to their insurance company. And then when they set up security cameras, it looked like that. Yeah. And it was, you know, it gets less and less plausible and a little more uh, stretchy the, the further on the, the franchise goes. But this was still early on and it worked. And then... <laughs> the nanny. The nanny. Oh, baby. So superstitious Hispanic nanny th- that gets kicked out of the house because she starts blessing the house with, like, smoke and shit. And the dad's like, no. She, we so, don't want any of this religious nonsense and kicks her out. So do you recall what happened? Why? What was the reason she first started walking around the house with incense, burning incense? Something, something happened, and she had to go upstairs and grab the baby, and then... What was it? Yeah, what was that? Huh. I don't remember. Was it the... The girl was walking around and it had, like, the, the choo-choo train going around. That was much later. Was it much later? The So, at some point early-ish in the movie, maybe in the first third of the movie, the Hispanic nanny, something happens upstairs, and the Hispanic nanny gets a whiff of paranormal activity. And she's keyed in on this stuff. She knows what's up a little bit. She grabs some incense from her emergency incense kit in her purse she burns it around the house just as the parents are coming home from a nice night out. And the dad is like, whoa, 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 I can't have this voodoo bullshit going on in my house. You got to get out of here, nanny. And then he sends her home and basically sends her on her way for forever. Like she he, she gets fired. And, and at that point, that was pr- probably, like you said, the least believable moment. Right. But it does up the dramatic irony. Because this nanny had, you know, basically raised their child yeah. for at least a year. And, uh, I mean, you would at least expect, like, an argument from the wife. Yeah. It, it's like, no, you can't fire Broomhilda or whatever her name is. Yeah, I don't recall. Um, I don't recall her name either. I have, oh, Martine. You can't fire Martine. You can't fire Martine. And there she, was just a little bit of coldness between the the daughter and and the wife, but you know, it was never really addressed. But and, in terms of storytelling, it's just there to create dramatic irony because it's like this is the woman that could have saved this from happening, and your hubris and your yeah. your you know arrogance and pride kept you from safety. And I believe Martine actually has her own movie. I, now, I've seen the Marked Ones, and I believe the Marked Ones is about Martine's family. I I could be wrong about that. It is a Hispanic family. It does look like Martine, uh, but it's mostly about her son and his friend, I think. Yeah. So we'll we'll get around to watching all the paranormal activities sometime in 2022 or something like that. No, we'll, we'll, we got to do it sooner than that. Yeah. Um. Then the ongoing stuff that happens, 
the pool vacuum getting out of the pool, the basement door kind of opening, Hunter always looking off into the middle distance, the little baby. Little baby. Which is great because babies do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I it's, this starting this podcast is really um, has really been not not as much fun as I thought it would be in terms of that, where my child does or says something that's a little off, which two year olds are wont to do, uh-huh. constantly talking and saying things that don't make any sense at all, and it's like, Daddy, what's other? Where's other Daddy? And I'm like. Phew. Okay, I don't know. Where is he? Maybe you can help me out with that because that sounds creepy. What are you talking about, other daddy? Other daddy, the the dark one with the red eyes. Martin, with the sharp teeth. Who's Martin? And the goats. Maybe the goat feet. Maybe my wife's just cheating on me. Yeah, it could oh, be. Probably could be that. that. That's that's more likely. Yeah. than a ghost. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, regular door closing stuff. See, this is this is the, the part of the movie that's always magic for me. I love the part where nothing is actually really happening, but just weird little things that you kind of notice. The door opened. Yeah. A shadow went across the room. Yeah. It, the blanket got pulled off her leg. The dog barked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's all stuff that some of it's just relatively normal. It's yeah. Like, hey, look, the pool light went out. Yeah. For a little bit. I mean, mind taker. And then eventually gets to, you know, the finale part where the crazy shit really starts to happen. People thrown around. Um, and then you get into the kind of the backstory where people are starting to do research. And so Christy starts talking about how she's looking up stuff about demons. And she finds out that, you know, if your ancestors create a deal with demons to get riches no it wasn't christy it was her daughter oh was it her daughter yeah i believe so so they're they're researching it It was basically the same kind of deal as hereditary where someone in in their past has made a deal with a demon and then somewhere in their progeny there will be a comeuppance and in this case it's their firstborn son which is actually the same thing as hereditary yeah for the most part. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Tremopoline. So you're saying the lizard people, in accordance with the mole people, <laughs> are working with the reverse vampire. <laughs> so they, so there, there's a, you know, kind of, it's explained what's happening. The demons are trying to get the firstborn, which would be Hunter. And then... There's given some rules by Katie when Christy is starting to talk to her sister, Katie. Um, they talk about what happened in their past, and it's kind of in shadows. But they, but Katie gives the advice of it thrives on fear. So, basically, telling Christy the policy is don't ask, don't tell about ghosts. Ghosts, their ears get hot when you talk about them, mm-hmm. and they love it. Yeah. So stop it. And the more you fear, the more powerful they become yeah and uh i think they they use that throughout all the other movies too yeah they they it's it's a pretty heavy duty deal of course no matter how much you ignore it it's it's coming in this right because the the next scene is is christy just talking about like oh let's just let's not think about it let's not talk about it just don't even worry about it and then blammo blammy whammy Lots of paranormal activity after that. So, yeah, Christy 
is in the house during the day and the kitchen freaks the fuck out. Yeah, the kitchen explodes. Yeah. Which is a great scene, which is the thing that you're talking about where there's no lead up to it at all. It's just she's sitting there. Sitting there reading a magazine, trying to ignore the thoughts about demons. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, every uh, every cabinet and drawer and everything, everything in the kitchen just flies right. wide open. Which is a great effect. Like now in retrospect, now that I think of it, it's like some practical effects people had to set all that up and had it happen all at the same time that's yeah, it's, awesome it's pretty impressive yeah i wonder i wonder i do kind of wonder how they did it like little little hydraulic like little pushers or something like that that are all on a switch at the same time yeah. or something it's uh it's pretty impressive to see like every drawer and cabinet in a, in a kitchen just fly open at the same time right. with no one there yeah and then she runs away and then this is another example of great sound design because after that happened she's like gets the f out of there she's like ah and then the teapot starts going off oh yeah yeah which is just the sound of a teapot but after that it's like super unsettling you gonna get that yeah <laughs> you can't you know the feeling <laughs> listener you know the feeling of a teapot going on a tea kettle going off on the on the oven uh that's uh that's a that's it's one of those things it's like i gotta get that <laughs> yeah. And then we have to say goodbye to Doggy. Oh, poor Doggy. Poor pupper. Demon attacks Doggy. So, I mean, after that point, you know, what you think about the demon is... I mean, this guy was a real jerk. He was just a real jerk. <laughs> Throwing around a dog like that. Uh, he was such a good dog, too. Yeah, and... and that what happens is that the, so as far as i can tell the demon lives in the basement of this house and there and in in a few shots i think in the cam in the kitchen the kitchen camera and also the living room that looks into the kitchen camera that you can see the door to the to the basement and on one of those one night the door opens and the dog you see the dog always sleeps in the little boy's room in in hunter's room and at that moment in tandem the dog upstairs you get to see him get up and he's like what is going on downstairs and he he walks down the stairs real slow and he's like kind of growling and he gets down the stairs and then he just kind of gets yanked off screen and you hear him like fighting something and then oh poor dog get got hurt He's laying down behind the couch, and the dad takes him off to the vet. And then other stuff happens because the dog isn't there anymore to protect the little boy. So the dog really worked well, I think, and it was very sad that he... But, you know, it, he was a stunt dog. He knew how to take those hits, so... Yeah, is there anything more, like, just heart-wrenching than just hearing a dog go, yeah, it's, and then just stop making the sound. And and furthermore, the amount of compassion we like. There's something in our head that, well, in my head, that's like, oh, that's just an actor. They'll be fine in a movie. If a, if a person gets hurt, I don't care so much because I, I like for some reason there's I just go, it, it'll be okay. But if an animal gets hurt, mostly a dog. If a dog gets hurt, I'm or or a horse. If a dog or a horse get hurt, gets hurt, for some reason, I, I instantaneously go, "Oh, I hope he's okay." And I, I don't under, I don't really understand that within me, but there it is. I th- and I think I share that with a lot of people. All right, then you know, just 
then then demon has full on demon powers after that. Then it's just free game. Yeah, once the dog's gone, the demon's really throwing really goes nuts. Throwing Christy around, and then she gets possessed, and all this. I mean, really, the end of the movie. It's a great payoff, but it's the least interesting part of the movie. Yeah, me. yeah, it's true. It, I mean, like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a short episode just because it's. There's not a lot to talk about other than how, you know, the elements that make up this movie. But there's not – it's not like a, a a tremendous story or anything like that. It's just great at what it does, which is amp up the, the, the tension and the scares. I mean, at the time, this was still brand new because Paranormal Activity had just come out the year before. They they pumped these out quick. Yeah, well – And, yeah. you know, it, it has since become – a franchise that has made 30 times how much it costs to make them. Yeah. Which is amazing. Paranormal Activity is still the best return on investment ever of a ever. horror movie. All, of all time. No, yeah. I, I believe of any movie. Probably of any movie, uh, yeah, because it was made with... Was it 15, 15 grand or something like yeah. that? And it's crazy, and, and it just it, made like three hundred million or something like that. It, I, oh, I thought it made almost a, a billion, but like, I could be wrong. Let's look up. Let's let's actually look up those stats because I'm interested to know what what, what did it cost, and what how, what did it make? Paranormal Activity. We're talking the original now. Production budget was. Four hundred fifty thousand. Oh, I apologize. I was way off. But most of that was probably advertising. Um, let me see. Hold on. Worldwide box office: one hundred ninety-four million one hundred eighty-three thousand. Wow. So it cost four hundred thousand to make, and and made almost two hundred million. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's just the first one. That's not talking over the whole franchise. So. Yeah. Pretty impressive stuff. So, yeah, and then at the very end, I mean, spoilers. I mean, this movie is like 10 years old now. Yeah. Right? Spoilers. So what happens in the end is Dan breaks, brings back Martine to remove the curse um, because Christy at this point is, has a demon bite and she's possessed. And so Dan brings back Martine and, to remove the curse, and they transfer the curse over to dun-dun-dun Katie. Her sister Katie. Her sister and so that's what happens with Paranormal Activity 1. And then, of course, Katie comes back and... It comes full circle. It comes full circle. So anyways, final recommendations. Who would like this? You know, this... The interesting thing about the Paranormal Activity series is... if it is it appeals to such a broad audience. It's why it did so well. If you want to be scared, if you want to feel nervous, if you, you know, if if you just want kind of a, a good time with spooky shit, this is a, a very good way to do it. And and they're all pretty entertaining, with the exception of I think the fourth and the and the ghost dimension for sure. Yeah. Uh, so in, in that, you know, if you're a fan of horror movies. Uh, it's for you unless you really despise found footage. Although it's not, it's not like most found footage because it's still, it's not a lot of shaky cam. It's a lot easier to digest than most found footage right. stuff. So it, it 
refined found footage in a way that other movies haven't done and haven't really matched. Yeah, they just for the most part because it's since it is a gimmick, it it works the best one way. Exactly, and and I don't know why more haven't capitalized on this. Like Grave Encounters, kind of kind of does you know works for the the steady cams, but there's a lot of shaky cam in there too. I can't really think of. Any other found footage movies that that capitalize on basically security cameras, which is what what I like a lot about the Paranormal Activity right. series, and it sounds so dumb to to keep harping on this. You there know, should be a haunted warehouse movie, haunted warehouse uh-huh. movie because they got security cams in there. There Just you go, down warehouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like a haunted uh, fast food chain. Or haunted a uh, server farm. Oh, I think uh, th- that will be um, unfriended three. The the server room, dark server room, <laughs> dark server <laughs> server room. farm. It's in the cloud. The nap murderer. Uh. Anyways, um. Yeah, I mean, I would I would recommend it to. I mean. For people that that are looking for a scary movie, you know, if you haven't seen these movies before, you should definitely. It's a whole in one. You got to watch them in surround sound. Yeah, you, you got to get some bass in there for sure, because otherwise you're missing out on on an actual important aspect of this right. movie. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you like Paranormal Activity or not, yeah, you know. Anyways, so that's our review of the film. Go see it if you haven't. You know, if you're wondering, if you saw Paranormal Activity 1 and wonder if the sequels are worth it at all, they are. Especially the first couple yeah, are definitely worth watching if you're a big fan of them. But let's move on to Kill Count. We have a new theme song. Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> kill count so kill count is a game where okay first let me let me just give a shout out to who gave us that theme song there's a very benevolent user on reddit that wanted to just gift some music creation services for podcasters and this guy he's pretty great because <laughs> he's got a whole persona he's the king of all badgers okay and you can go to his website at i have it pulled up here just a second Where's my mouse? Benevolentbadger.com. Right on. Check out benevolentbadger.com. Especially our podcast friends. Check out benevolentbadger.com. And uh, he he might... I think even on his website, he says email him and he might toss you out one or two freebies. But he did a really good job. We did uh, one or two go-backs to just fix some stuff. Um, But very professional and great product i really appreciate him uh the king of all badgers yeah that sounded great he was the god of badgers and it was fun talking to him awesome so thank you Anyways. benevolent badger that was Kill- very benevolent of yeah you. all hail this was the title on his site is all hail the benevolent badger <laughs> um 
So Kill Count is a game where we look at the number of deaths that are contained in a movie and compare two movies five times. And David has to choose which one has the higher kill count. I'm stretching. So every time we're going to pick a horror movie and then a, another movie. Sometimes we have a theme. This time it's just going to be a grab bag. All all comers are available. Okay, I'm I'm ready. I think I got this. Okay. How many are we doing? There's five comparisons? Five. So play along at home, keep track of your score, and let us know how you do on Twitter. All right. All right, go. Horror movie, at Horror Movie Talk. First, Grindhouse double feature, 2007, so that contains Death Proof and then the other one. <laughs> Death Proof and then the other one. Robert Rodriguez, it's like uh, Slaughter or something, or something. I can't even remember yeah, what it's called. I don't know. Death Proof is obviously the better one. Um, or Titanic. Oh. Well, if it's not Titanic, then Grindhouse is... I gotta say, bravo! But I, I'm just, just based on the fact that, I mean, I, well, I don't know. Then again, I wonder if it counts the amount of people shown on screen dying in Titanic, or if it just goes off of the historical number of people who died on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. That's this a is, good question. This is rough. I'm gonna have. I'm still going Titanic because there was a whole shipload of people that all died. Wrong. God damn it! It's really close. Grindhouse is 310, and Titanic is 307. Well, that okay. I mean, if we're looking at historical, there's Titanic be- has to win it. It must be on screen. Yeah, deaths. it must be. But that is a considerable amount of deaths. That's in, a lot in, of. That's a lot of people. In Grindhouse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Number two, We Were Soldiers, <laughs> Mel Gibson's movie. I think he, he directed it, or he was in it at least. 2002 action movie. Okay. Uh, Vietnam War. Or Dawn of the Dead, 1978, the original. See, the, the these zombie ones are always tough. Yeah. Because you go, did the dead count? Because they're already dead. They died. They're the undead, though. Mm-hmm. So maybe the, maybe they don't count. Yeah. It's, it's a conundrum. Tough. Um, I feel like... And then it's up against a war movie. Yeah, I, f- I really do feel like you would want to fuck with my head <laughs> so I'm going to go with the movie that no doubt neither of us has seen <laughs> and say we are soldiers I've seen it oh it, how is it it was okay yeah. it was good I watched Braveheart today a lot, yeah. of people, a lot of people died in that movie Yeah, I didn't actually watch it it was just on the background mm. my ancestor was in that movie what mm-hmm. yeah we found out when we were researching names for our sons, um, or Esten in particular, we were looking at our family tree and just clicking back through. I mean, because we're we're Mormon, so our family trees are well researched for various reasons. But anyways, full of foliage and uh, <laughs> foliage, and found out that I am related to Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce. Yeah. Man, that's a fucking name right yeah. there. Robert the Bruce. Yeah. 
It's fucking great. So he was the you know king of Scotland, like the that was in Braveheart, like the um, like the the hosts of this show, David the Bryce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two first names as your name, Robert the Bruce, and then um, we found out that Aaron, looking at her family tree, was related to Edward Longshanks. Oh damn! Which was the the evil king of England in Braveheart. Yeah. So we fought each other. And I think actually somewhere in my tree I'm related to William Wallace too. Oh, But I mean, it's like, I mean, not direct. It's like someone's mother way back when he just, it looks like a zigzag of family tree. You're probably related to Robert the Bruce too. (laughs) Yeah. I got a lot, a lot of English and Scottish and Irish in me. But you, I mean, the, the way you're probably related to all that is you got the, all that Norse in you. So the Vikings probably came over at some point and <laughs> no. really fucked real hard. And no, my, the... my mom's father was his, his lineage was like half Scottish or something. So mm. he's a Lindsay. And so the Lindsay line goes back to my wife claims to be, lineage. my wife claims to be like almost every lineage. She, uh-huh. she's like anything. Anything you you can mention, you're like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Jewish. Oh, that's me. Uh, Russian. Oh, yeah, that's me. I well, mean, I'm, go, I'm a Russian Jew. I mean, you go back like five generations, and everyone's related. Like right. you can find someone. She's like Namibian. She's like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some of that in there. Okay, so so, so back to anyways, the back kill to- count. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead versus We Were Soldiers. I'm going. We Were Soldiers. You are correct. Yeah. I got one. We Were Soldiers is 305, and Dawn of the Dead was 175. Wow, that is a big big difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Like, more than 100. Mm-hmm. Um, number three. Wow. You're one for two. Number three is Snakes on a Plane <laughs> versus V for Vendetta. Saw Snakes on a Plane in theaters... Uh, there could, there couldn't, there could not have been that many people, uh, dying on snakes on a plane. Although I can't recall how it ends. And, um, V for Vendetta though, a lot of people dying in that. A lot of people dying in that. I, just based on like the, the, the riots and the mobs in V for Vendetta, I can't really recall if they were violent. I mean, I know they were like, they had ill will in their hearts. I can't really recall if there was violence in the streets, but I'm still going to say V for Vendetta. Okay. Here, let me do this close to the microphone. Wrong. Damn. (laughs) Thanks for for audibly getting the crossing out of of my ability to get that. Snakes on a plane, it was 60 kills and v for vendetta was 59 oh my what the fuck what shut the fuck up so close so close that doesn't even barely count Uh, all right uh next uh day of the dead we had dawn of the dead now day of the dead 1985 this is the uh this is the sequel to dawn of the dead versus golden eye 1995 james bond film starring pierce brosnan which i also saw in theaters which, upon reviewing, is just those Pierce Brosnan so Bond movies silly. were just the worst. The most the worst. 90s. The most 90s Bond yeah. movie you could have possibly made. It's so strange because the N64 
Goldeneye <laughs> is better than the movie. Than Absolutely. the movie Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an N64 game. <laughs> and I'm not talking, I'm talking storyline better. Right. <laughs> uh, so it was, was this Goldeneye? Goldeneye versus, versus Day, of, Day of, the of the Dead. This seems like a, a trick. This And uh, it, they all seem like tricks, especially when you can separate them by one kill. <laughs> so Hey, man, we were soldiers and Dawn of the Dead was over, hundreds. Yeah, and I got that one right. So there's something something to what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm, you know, there, and there was a lot of just mindless killing in Goldeneye. I'm going to go Goldeneye. You are correct. Yeah. That's Goldeneye was fifty-seven kills, and Day of the Dead was forty. If I can come out of this with a with a positive ratio, I'll be very happy. All right, your last opportunity to redeem yourself. Okay, here it is. We're doing it. Nineteen eighty-nines. Some could say one of the best action comedy movies ever made. Oh, is this Die Hard? Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Versus 2002's Cabin Fever. 2002's Cabin Fever with the kid from Bo- uh, Boys Life, or uh, with Topanga, what was that show? Oh, uh, Boys World. Bo- uh, little Boy Man. Yeah. Boy, boy Meets World. <laughs> boy Meets World. Little yeah. Boy Man. Yeah, he. so the friend from Boy Meets World was in that. I think I saw that in theaters as well. I'm sure I saw Tango and Cash in theaters. There is no way you saw Tango and Cash in theaters. I mean, who didn't? Did you actually? Probably. In 1989? It's possible. As a seven-year-old? It's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. (laughs) Do you think you actually saw Tango and Cash in theaters? That would be so impressive to me. I don't even know what it is. You don't know what Tango and Cash is? No. Oh, dear. What is it? It's Sylvester Stallone and, oh shoot, Kurt Russell? What's that one? It's either Kurt Russell or um, the guy from Dirty Dancing. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Bacon? No, uh, that's Footloose. Oh. Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell are two, it's a buddy cop action comedy. This isn't the one where he cuts the pizza with a... With the scissors, is it? No, that's Cobra. <laughs> that's Cobra. No, this is like a buddy cop movie. The only thing that I really remember is they zip line down off something when they're escaping a prison. Like, okay, they're imprisoned for some reason. Wrongly imprisoned, and they're a buddy cop duo. Is there anything more fun than a zip line? I wouldn't know. If there is, I don't want to know about it. Okay, so Tango and Cash versus Cabin, Cabin Fever. Fever. Um, Cabin Fever had a very limited amount of people uh, that were that were even available to be killed. It was a it was there was it was a cabin in the woods kind of thing, and a bunch of friends went out there. Maybe seven at most. So I'm going to say Tango and Cash. If it's Buddy Cop, there's lots of people dying. <sighs> there is no way I got that wrong. <laughs> You're lucky. Oh, Tango and Cash had lucky. 20 kills. Cabin Fever had 19. Jesus Christ. I uh, I I wasn't going to say I'm lucky, but now I'm going to say I'm lucky. All right. That was Kill Count. Yay. Tell us how you did. 
on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. You can find us at horror movie at horror movie talk on Twitter and horror movie talk podcast, podcast. on Facebook. Yee. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend or at the very least find it in your heart to leave us a review on iTunes or uh, Spotify or wherever you can leave a review. I don't even know if you can leave a and review if on you, Spotify. if you didn't enjoy it, share it with your friends and be like, listen to how stupid these guys are. <laughs> this is so dumb. Yeah. And uh, remember to use code HMT at checkout if you're going to get Shutter, so you can get an extra, you know, three weeks of Shutter for free. Special thanks to Eric Lee of Scariest Things Podcast. He left out a plug, or he put out a plug for our podcast on his. Um, and I actually like how he broke it down. Scariest Things is kind of a uh, a survey of horror. They go over a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're very, they they It's like horror 101. They'll go over a ton of movies and kind of give you a birds eye view of like what's what's good, what's worth checking out. Yeah, they break down a lot of movies usually per per podcast. And then we do the deep dive into one movie. And so uh yeah, he described it as they're the 101 and we're like the 201 and then there was another movie that was like super or super another podcast that was super academic and like goes into other things yeah so we're you know whatever so go check them out scariest things podcast or their website is scariestthings.com it's uh scariest things except with only one t and also, again, thanks to King of All Badgers for generously writing our new Kill Count theme. Thank you so much, oh God of Badgers. And again, if you're going to go on shop on Amazon anytime soon, go to our website, click through from our link, and uh, share the love. Um, that's what we got today. Let us know what you think and, and all that. All that. All that. I wish I had the all that theme song oh ready that'd be great all right thanks everyone have a good day we'll see you next week we love you bye Damn, look at those hot children. <laughs>